Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Training for Godliness, Training in Worship, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 18th, 2018. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope I hope training's going well. I hope you're getting into God's word. Hope you've been reading through First uh, Timothy. Um, I tell you, there, there's just so much in there and such a small book for us that, that God has, and I hope you're encouraged by it. Well, this morning, if you would, grab your Bibles, and let's open up to the book of 1 Timothy, and uh, we're going to look at chapter 2. We're going to look at the first seven verses in chapter 2, and the heart of this passage is all about worship. The heart of what Paul's trying to communicate to Timothy is that he get into the presence of God, that he worships God, and he stays faithful to what Paul is call or to what God is calling him to become as a servant of God. And I want to start this morning with a, a little quote that was given to me a couple weeks ago, knowing that I was going to talk about worship this morning. It's a really good, really good thought here, and it comes from Natalie Grant. She says this. She says, Worship doesn't change our circumstances. It changes us. It shifts our perspective to the one who writes our story. Would you agree with that? It's a good little quote there to think about. Well, as we look at this book, 1 Timothy, this letter that Paul writes to this young man, and he's writing to us, uh, I believe that that he's reminding us of this very thing. He's reminding us of the heart of worship and what it does for us. See, he gives us something to work towards in our faith. He helps us to better understand, and he urges us to train in the faith. He tells us to train on purpose with a focus and to seek after the heart of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he says this. He says, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. See, we could paraphrase this verse by saying, I train because of love, and it's a love from God. This love creates in me a pure heart, free from guilt, and moves me towards a dependence on God. See, we've been given a charge. We've been called to become children of God and to live a life that honors God. But the hard part, I think the, the struggle in, in our training, the struggle that, that we face as, as in our humanity, in our, in our humanness, is how do we trust God? See, because it's so easy to, to become dependent on ourselves, to be, be dependent on our spouses or on our kids or on our jobs or on the things in this world. It's so easy to just kind of focus in on those and really rely and depend on those things that the world offers The question is, how do we trust God more? How do we move from being dependent on those things or on those people to being fully dependent on God? Well, I I think is we train. We train in worship. We train and we practice getting into the presence of God and fully submitting ourselves to the one true God, the living God that created us, that shaped us, that knew us before 
we were even born that loved us so deeply, we get into the presence of God. Let's do that right now. Father, we bow our hearts to you. Lord, we come into your presence and we do it in the precious name of Jesus. Father, this morning we gather together as your children. We gather together to learn more from your word, to to have a better understanding of this faith that you've given us. Lord, and our heart's desire is to trust you more, to be more dependent on you. Lord, to live a life that reflects your son, Jesus Christ, that would show the world the hope, the faith, and the love that you've given us, Father. Lord, that comes through the power of your spirit. That comes from us training in worship. Father, empower us this morning. Remind us this morning of the things that you have for us. Speak to us personally, Father. Help us to know and to understand the things that you have for us, the things that you desire for us. Father, and as we experience those things, as we experience you, as we worship you this morning through your word, Father, that we would just become more dependent more trusting in who you are and what you have for us, Father. Lord, I I just thank you. I pray together as the body that we would just give you all of who we are this morning, that our true focus would be on you. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to read this passage together in, in 1 Timothy And I want to look at the the first seven verses. So starting in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. And it is pleasing in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. There it is. There's our answer to trusting God more. We worship. See, we were created for this very thing. In your mind, you might think to yourself, well, how, how do I worship, you know? I, I'm not very, a very good singer, you know? Uh, if you're like me, you know, I can sing a solo, but solo, nobody can hear me. Right? Or maybe you're like, like uh, that computer that, that sings, you know, with a lot of emotion. You know the one I'm talking about, Adele? 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 Do I need to say that again? That computer that sings with a lot of emotion? Adele? Bada bing. <laughs> I thought that was so good. I just thought that was so good. I love it. Oh, there we go. The old people are like, oh, Adele. Oh, the young guys are like, oh, that's just dumb. <laughs> uh, all right, since we're talking about, about funny singing jokes, I got another one for you, all right? All right, so did you hear about the woman that was, um, 
that couldn't find a singing partner? You didn't hear about her? Yeah, she, she had to, uh, she had to, to buy a, a do-it-yourself kit. It's a good one. Come on. Come on. I mean, you, you got to picture this, okay? I'm at my desk and I'm looking at this list of singing jokes and I'm dying laughing. <laughs> All by myself, me and Jesus are just laughing at these jokes and I'm thinking, man, they're going to love these. Not so much. Sorry. All right, it's time to go solo, right? All right. Back to the message. Back to the focus here. Sorry about that. We're going to talk about training and worship. Sorry about the bad jokes. I'm full of them. <laughs> All right. Well, this morning, Paul gives us some, some, uh, some thought as, as we can ask some questions about why training and worship is, is so important. And the first thing that, that I want to kind of look at is, is that um, you worship to change your perspective. See, when we get into the presence of God, it, it, it starts to begin to, he starts to begin to change our mindset. He changes our perspective. And let's read again verses one and two. It says, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. And this is why. He says that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. See, we're, we're given a, a sense of urgency here. And I think Paul is telling us that when we worship, it changes our perspective. And as we, we get into the presence of God and we pray and we, we intercede and we give thanksgiving and we do it for other people, for all of mankind, even our leaders, even those people that we don't agree with or maybe we just don't like, it does something in us. It changes us. It changes our perspective. It helps us to, to lead a peaceful and quiet life because our mindset isn't the same. It changes us. God changes us. He helps us to see people from a different perspective. See, and there's three things that Paul tells us here that, that need to happen as we train in worship. And the first one is supplication. And this simply means that we are to come into the presence of God with a humble heart, a submissive heart. And we are to give him our requests or our petitions. Listen to this example that, that David gives us in Psalm 86, verses 1 and 2. He says this to God. He says, Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O oh, you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. You know, I'd encourage you sometime this week to go back and, and read through Psalm 86 because you see this, this humble prayer of request, this humble prayer of supplication, drawing into the presence of God and acknowledging our weakness and acknowledging God's strengths. And the second thing we see here is that we are to pray. Prayer. See, this is the part where we can allow God to change our hearts. See, when we pray, we, we get into the presence of God and it's not just giving God our requests. It's not just saying, hey God, I want this or I need this or will you help me with this? 
But prayer is a moment of intimacy as we just fellowship with God. See, it's an intimate dialogue, not only on the behalf of ourselves, but for others. In those moments when we pray, we give God our affections. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have known. See, when you call upon God, he talks with us. He interacts with us. When we pray, there's this intimacy that happens. And the other thing that, that happens when we train in worship is intercession. You know, intercession is a word that, that is thrown around a lot in, in, in the church community, but is it something that, that we truly do? Is it something that we truly believe in? Because when, when we intercede through our worship, when we come into the presence of God on behalf of other people, all of mankind, including our leaders, including those that we don't like, including those that, that may be far from God, See, we submit to God humbly on behalf of those. And the Bible talks a lot about interceding. It talks about how in our marriages, when, when there's an uneven, unequally yoked marriage and there's a believer and a non-believer, and it says the, that that believer helps that unbeliever through their worship, through their intimacy with God. See, Jesus does this for you and I. Jesus intercedes for us. Hebrews 7.25 says this. It says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Since he, he always lives to make intercession for them. See, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and he prays for you and I. He, he gets into the presence of God and he acknowledges who Floyd is. And he says, Father, Floyd needs you. Floyd, Floyd desires you. See, and Paul is telling us as we train in our worship and as we intercede for others, as we come into the presence on behalf of one another, we do the same thing. We humble our hearts and we bow before our Father and we say, Father God, this person that I don't like, this person that is hurting, this person that, that is hopeful and needs to know the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the hope, the love, the faith, everything that you have given us, Father, I bring them before you and I put them in your hands. See, that's a reflection of our dependence, our trust in God. See, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times I like to trust myself. I really believe that I can do it. <laughs> yeah, there's moments in this life where, where I just kind of go out and I do. And I realize as I look back on some of those moments, I should have gotten on my knees before I got out. I should have bowed into the presence of God, humbly asking, interceding, praying, and offering these supplications, these requests to God knowing that as God trains me, as God works in me, as I have those intimate moments with God, God will use me to do those things I need to get done. He'll remind me of what's important and who's important. He'll lead me to a place of seeing how important our leaders are, those that he's placed into position. 
He'll remind me of seeing how important those that work in the service industry are, those that work in the community are. He'll remind us of how important we are to one another. See, God does that to us. He changes that perspective. He changes that mindset. And he helps us to better understand who he is and the heart that he has. And this is what happened. Go back to verse two. He simply says that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Here's a key word here. Godly and dignified in every way. Don't, don't you think that when we go out into the world and we've um, prayed it up, when, when we've started our day in intimacy with God, that, that our mindset is a little different? Would, would you agree with that? I know in my own life when I, when I just kind of hit the door running and I'm out that door and I'm going, I'm going and then I encounter some things or I get a tough moment or I get an easy moment, my perspective isn't the same. My perspective is different in those moments when I bow before the throne of God and I come into an intimate moment and I spend time in God's word and I spend time in the presence of God. Through the day, I'm a different person. I think that's what worship does for us. It, it changes our perspective. It helps us to understand the things that God desires for us. See, again, when, when, when we worship, it changes us. Our focus, our mindset, our lives, everything begins to change around us. And then so much so that we'll begin to see the results. You know, when you, when you train in the gym, you go in there and you spend time. You commit a block of time to, to physically train your body, to strengthen your body, right? Well, it's the same thing in worship. We, we commit a block of time to go in and we train spiritually and we have the best trainer in the world. We've given, been given all of the equipment that we need and we do it to build strength, spiritual strength, knowing that when we go into the world, we can take that strength, we can use that strength, and not only will it change us, but as you worship, you'll experience the fruit of that, the benefits of that training spiritually. And this is what'll happen. Your worship will change your relationships. Listen to what he says in verse three through six. He says, this is good. Prayer, supplication, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time. See, the fact of the matter is that you and I, we can't change anyone. How many of you ever tried to change somebody? Besides a diaper. <laughs> That's about all we can change, right? You know, when, when, I, when I got married, I, I thought I could change my wife. And a lot of you know the story of our, our marriage relationship and before and after. But when I, when I got married, I was bound and determined to change my wife. And I've shared this before, but I'm going to repeat it again because it was a reminder for me this week. 
that God changes people. We just have to do our part. We have to train in worship. We have to love God with all of our hearts, minds, and souls. Everything that we have. And then God will do the rest. See, when I was married, my wife and I weren't equally yoked. And I came into it thinking that I'm gonna change her for Jesus. I'm gonna show her exactly what she needs and how she needs it and why she needs it. And that's exactly how I went into it. I said, all right, honey, you're gonna love Jesus. Believe it or not, you're gonna love Jesus. And you know what she did to me? She looked at me, she goes, yeah, right. (laughs) Tell it to somebody else who believes it. And I did things and I said things and I told her things. And I said, this is what you need to do. Get up, go to church, do all this fun stuff. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, so what? Then I realized God got a hold of me and as, as I was worshiping him, as I was spending time training in worship and I realized in those moments God spoke to me and he truly did. He said, Floyd, he says, you need to stop worrying about changing your wife. He said, Floyd, you need to change yourself. If you want your relationships to change, then you need to change. And I think that's what Paul's telling us here. He says this worship, this training, this prayer, all of these things, they are good and they are pleasing in the sight of our God and our Savior. And you know what? I am going to use you because of that to change the world around you. And it's all going to be done because of this. Because I am God and I have given him the Son, Jesus Christ, a mediator between God and men who gave himself up. See, your life is going to point people to the cross. Your life is going to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, worship changes our relationships. You might be asking yourself, well, what should I do? Well, I'll just simply tell you, worship God. Worship Him. Worship Him often. Worship Him daily. Surrender. Love him, grow in that love. Do all those things that God is calling us to do. And I tell you what, you'll see the fruit of what God does, not only in your life and how he changes you, but how he changes the relationships around you. And again, and I'm gonna read this from the the NLT. It's not gonna be on your screen, but three and four combined here in in the New, New Latino translation. It says this, it says, This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand what? The truth. See, if they don't see truth in our lives, how can we ever expect them to have or know the truth? See, if we're we're preaching a false false gospel or a a hypocritical gospel in our own lives, how can we expect them to know the truth? of the gospel. You know, I like to use the, the term changed lives, change lives. Don't you think that's true? When our lives are changed, we're more apt to change other people's lives. See, if we want the world to know the truth, then we have to start living the truth. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter four, verse 23. He says, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. I want you to ask yourself a question this morning.
The question easy is easy, but, but the answer is kind of hard. It's hard to swallow. I want to ask you, are, are you bearing the fruit of your worship as you live in this world? Are you bearing the fruit of your worship as you live in this world? It's an easy question to ask, but the answer for all of us is yes. See, we are all bearing the fruit of our worship right now. Whether we are worshiping or we are not worshiping, we are bearing the fruit. Whether we think we're an influence or we don't think we're an influence, we are an influence. So the answer to that question, that's the hard part to swallow, it is yes. It's simply no different than the statement of, if I think I can or I think I can't, either way I'm right. It's the same thing. See, the more you train in worship, the more God will work in you And as God works in you, the more God will work through you. So each and every one of us are bearing the fruit of our worship. See, the idea behind this is that if we want others to know this God, this Savior, then we have to know this God and this Savior. See, we have to be connected to the vine to bear the fruit of righteousness. We have to be connected to the vine to bear this fruit of faith the fruit of love, the fruit of hope. You and I have to be connected to Jesus Christ. We have to train in worship. And we train to change our relationships. We train because it makes a difference in this world. It makes a difference in us. Again, another, another quote from Jesus in John 13. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The question this morning is, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Do you understand the definition of what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ? Is your life a reflection of that? Of getting into the presence of God and bowing down humbly, worshiping, training in worship, discovering what God wants for you and for your life? Well, if the answer is yes, then do what is pleasing in the sight of God. Worship Him. Train in worship. Grow in intimacy with Him. Continue to spend those moments training. Spend time together as the body of Christ. Come together and gather throughout the week from house to house and in the temple, in this place that God has given us so that we would worship him and we would give him glory and that we would draw into the presence of God. Well, the last thing that we can do as we train in worship, you worship to change your outcome. You worship to change your outcome. Verses 7. Verse 7, Paul says this. He says, For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. He says, I'm telling you the truth. I'm really not lying. <laughs> I gotta imagine him just saying, like, like, really believe me. He says, A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And what Paul is telling Timothy here, what he's telling you and I is that the outcome will be different if you would just bow in the presence of God, if you just worship God 
who has called you, who has appointed you. See, God has entrusted us with so much. There, there's not a person in this room, there's, there's not a person that hasn't been given so much in this room. You have been entrusted with something so great. So great. See, Paul reminds us in 1 Timothy of this. He says in chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, he says, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Listen to this part. Holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. See, we've been entrusted with something so great. The gospel message. We've been entrusted with a faith, love, and hope. But yet some of us have made a ruin of it. Some of us have, have wrecked the ship because we haven't stayed focused. The outcome is different because we lost sight of who we worship. We lost sight of our worship and the importance of it and the value that has been placed upon it. And that's why Paul says, for this is what I was appointed to do, a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles, not only in faith, but also in truth. I, I want to tell you if, you, if you've received the gospel, if you've received the good news of Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been appointed. You have been entrusted. And your responsibility is to share that good news, to take that faith and be a, a good disciple with it, with a clear conscience, holding true to the faith and staying focused on the God that loves you so much. So I want us to think about this. This is coming from a man, Paul, who was Saul that had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And in that moment, in that encounter... Paul did something that changed the outcome forever. It changed not only his outcome, it changed Timothy's outcome, it changed our outcome. I want you to hear what it says in Acts 9, verse 4. And I want you to read that story a little bit later, Acts chapter 9. It's Paul's conversion. See, we know that Paul persecuted and he killed Christians. He was on a mission and he was seeking an outcome. He wanted to destroy the faith and the hope and the love that Jesus had brought. And in this fateful moment, in Acts 9, 4, it says this, And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Do you hear what, what's happening here? See, Paul fell to the ground. He bowed in the presence of God. And because of that moment of worship, that moment of bowing before Jesus, it changed his outcome. It changed his life forever. And I, I, wanna, I want us to know that that worship, it will change our outcome. But first and foremost, we have to bow. 
we have to bow in the presence of God. Because every, every person in this room, every individual that we know, God is calling, God is stirring. If you're in relationship with someone right now, if you have a friend or a coworker, that person is there for a greater purpose. God wants you to share this faith and hope and love with them. God wants them to bow. Bible teaches us, right? Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, worship will change the outcome. When we worship in truth and in spirit, we will be changed and our lives will be different. But first, we have to be willing. We have to be obedient. We train because of love and it's a love from God. This love creates in me a pure heart, free from guilt, and moves me towards a dependence on God. Will you bow your head with me? Close your eyes. Father, Lord, we we thank you so much. We enter into your presence in awe of you. Father, we ask that, Lord, as, as you stir our spirits, as you create in us anew, Father, remind us of the moment. Remind us of the things that, that distracts us, that, that pulls us away from you, Father. Just as Paul was living a life that was in opposition to you, Father, we have done the same. We have fallen short. We have done things that are in disobedience to you, that are in opposition to you, Father. But this morning, we know that we have a fresh start. We know that you've brought us on this road. And at this point in time, as we encounter you, Father, that we have an opportunity to bow. We've been given this moment, at this time, to bow before you in worship. Father, so today, we bow our hearts to you. We bow our lives to you. We bow in full surrender, Father, not knowing what the outcome will be, but knowing and trusting you with that outcome. Father, we bow before you this morning and we worship you. Father, train us. Show us the things that you have for us. Help us to better understand how we worship you. Help us to better understand how we serve you. Help us to better understand how we live for you so that we might bring glory to your name, so that we might honor you with our lives. Father, that all people may come to an understanding of your love, of your hope. Father, the, this world doesn't live without hope, Father. They've just placed their hope in the wrong things. Father, help us to share this hope so that they could see what hope truly is. 
Help us to share this love so that they can see what love truly is. And Father, help us to share this faith so that this world, so that we can have a true understanding what it means to worship in truth and in spirit, Father. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for these moments you've given us. Lord, my prayer this morning for us as your children, as your, as your body, is, Father, that, that we would continually move to grow deeper in love with you, that we would take the steps necessary, that we would block out the time and we would read your word and that we would gather together and that we would gain together and that we would give together and that we would grow together, Father. Lord, draw us near. Fill us with your spirit and help us as we cry out to you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.